1: Welcome to the Iron Podcast, Brad Mel, Matt Blanchard, and once again, joining us uh, for a second episode in a row, actually, it's uh, Toby Skelton. How are you doing, Toby? All right? Yes, I'm good, thank you. Thank you for having me on again. I do appreciate it. No, no problem at all. Um, so we're here just to look over the last week, really, and there's been uh, three games, isn't there? So obviously the win against Gateshead, draw at Barnet, and then the de- the defeat last night to Eastleigh. But I think let's start maybe with just a little look, look at, you know, where the position of the club is, because obviously we've moved into November that was getting a lot of traction a couple of days ago as to you know are people paid were they not paid has a deal been done has it not been done matt you're probably better positioned than any of us um where is it as you understand it
0: yeah i mean obviously spoken to peter's one last thursday i think it was um and i think we put it out on twitter that he'd said that we were as close as we'd ever been really to to selling um however at that time he wasn't sure which way it was going to go and um, he did say that there were still two groups interested obviously one being the local consortium and then the other one um being the for want of a better term the london consortium um you know i think they've been referred to that previously um and he did confirm that that group were the ones that passed the fit and proper test you know all, all the way back in the summer um which you know i think that's that kind of appears to have been on and off um, you know several times. Um, but I do believe that, that they are still in the running. Um, so yeah, I mean he did make it clear that the club need investment, need taking over as soon as possible. Um, and obviously he said he's, he's working hard to try and do that. but it, it's just interesting really. I, I don't know um, you know there, there's been a lot of flame on Twitter and, and social media. Uh, in the past few days, obviously, uh, as we were heading towards the weekend, there was, there was quite a lot of rumours and things like that, and I'm not sure where quite a lot of that is coming from. Um, you know, I think the the only information we've got from from really reliable sources, um, you know, people close to to the club, uh, is obviously what Swan came came back with last Thursday. Um, you know, one thing one thing I do know um, is that the local group. Um, I think there's only. Obviously, Simon Elliott, I think it's, it's common knowledge that he is involved in, in uh, some form with that consortium. Uh, I think he's the only one that's passed, you know, all the uh, fit and proper tests. Um, but I'm not sure whether it would be, you know, I think he's passed the one for the director. I don't know if, if there's a separate one for owners, things like that. Um, I think that's something that would still need to be sorted out. So I think people kind of were, we're getting a bit excited after Swan had obviously said that we were quite close. Um you know, I think that's, that's going to happen um, given this has been going on for quite some time now and, and people are just hoping it can get done sooner rather than later so we can all kind of move on and, and the, the long-term, long-term future of the club can be secured. But I do think if, you know, if it was the local consortium that, that came in and, and were successful in purchasing the club, I do think it's going to take a little bit longer given you know, the, there's quite a lot of um, processes to go through with, with various bodies, whether it's the FA, the league, whatever it is, Um, And obviously, uh, the fit and proper tests, uh, everything's got to be done and and in place. So uh, I think it was probably wishful thinking and, um, you know, a bit unrealistic that it was going to happen over the weekend. But, um, you know, I've had quite a lot of people messaging, asking sort of what I know. And I don't know that much, really, only going on what, um, you know, I've been told uh, by Swan. And I just think, you know... um, there's there's a lot of sort of misinformation out there which I don't know is probably getting people quite excited and and then a bit deflated when nothing comes of it and whether the club could do a little bit more to update whether Swan Swan or Turnbull could maybe update the fans I know um, you know if there's nothing to say then then maybe they can and, and I know they're under NDAs and things like that but. Um, you know, it might be it might be nice if, if we were given some kind of update. Um, and you know, if nothing happens in the next couple of weeks, then then I think that would be necessary, really. Um, but again, with with uh, sort of the payments and wage payments and things like that, I know, and um, there was a lot of things going around on social media. People hadn't been paid. Um, you know, I think it was late into bank accounts compared to you know how it goes in usually um, at midnight or it's close to midnight you know generally wages go in don't they on on midnight of the day that they're going in um and that wasn't the case so you know i know there's there's been suggestion there may be cash flow issues and things like that but again we we don't know again that's that's just speculation rumors and um we we don't know for sure and and i doubt the club are going to confirm that but i do know that the staff down there that, that are worried um you know it is going on it has been going on for quite some time. Obviously, Peter Swan has said that he can't put money in forever and cover the losses forever. Um, and there mm-hmm. will come a time when when he has to stop that. Obviously, that money did materialise um, on whenever it was Friday, so wages did go in. Um, but, yeah, how long that goes on for, who knows? I think it's, we just try and got to get it over the line as, as soon as possible and, and hopefully we can do that. But um, But, yeah, the longer it goes on, I think the more worried everyone gets, really
1: you say that, that London group had passed the fit and proper test. What was the holdup from then on? Do you know, is, you know, why, why was it not sold to them? No, I don't,
0: I don't know. Um, I don't know. I think um, obviously they've been, the, I mean, this was a few months ago now, wasn't it? Mm. We'd spoken to Swan in, in the summer. Uh, so I think they have been interested for, for quite a considerable amount of time. Um, but again, yeah, who, who knows? Um I mean it was reported i think swan came out to say that that was dead at one point didn't he i think yeah. it was the humberside said you know that's that's dumb and um you know that that's not going to happen but obviously they've, they've come back um there was suggestion they were involved in the um the friendly you know with the dutch sort of 11 that, that went on at the club last week not no information really around that was published was it but i know there was um some speculation that they may have been involved with that um, obviously nothing confirmed but that, that was quite interesting um and i believe that they maybe had representatives down there on that day as well at, at, the, at the ground so i still think they are very much interested but um but yeah it's, it's, it's going to be interesting what happens um obviously as far as we know there's still two parties involved and um yeah hopefully one could kind of come through and, and do a deal but um but yeah I I don't know. Obviously, hopeful uh, on the back of what Swan said last week, um, but yeah, as I said, the longer it goes on, I think it's, um, it does get even more worrying, doesn't it? Especially with you know um, wages and things like that being being late and, and rumors like that. You know, there's there's often no smoke without fire, is there? So um, there, there must be something to it. But um, but yeah, um, hopefully it can get done. Um, but until then, until we get some clarification from the club, um, who, who really knows what's going on behind the scenes? And I think from what I have heard, things are kind of changing quite quite quickly as well. So, you know, it could be on one minute, off the next. And, and it's, um, who knows? Who knows what's going to mm-hmm. happen? I think it's, it's just going to, um, it's a big month, isn't it? Because I think, obviously, um, I don't know, there were suggestions um october obviously that's when the the money was going to stop um obviously that's that's um not being the case um uh, but swan did say that there will be a
1: time um and you know who knows when that's going to be Right, let's turn to on the pitch matters then. I think so. As I say, three games this last week. Let's let's start with Gateshead then. Three one victory. It, I think knowing sort of how the other two games have gone and, and looking at our form previously, we've mentioned there's a lot of draws. I think I think it's very important that we did get that win, um, but it wasn't easy really, was it? I mean, first half. You get that penalty late on and, I mean, at the time it, it, it didn't look a penalty to me. It looked outside the box from where I was sat. I don't know if it was or not, but, you know, you're one down again. I mean, the, the first half, it was awful.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, and I think you were right with the penalty. Uh, I think I actually spoke to Toby on the night and um, we weren't sure. We, we did think it was outside the box, but then on the video, um, I think the ref probably got it right, actually, uh, in the end. I think he, he was maybe just inside and, and it did hit an arm. Um so, yeah, I think he um, maybe got that call right. I know they weren't happy with it. Um, but, yeah, we, we just needed something because, as you say, it was just a really poor sort of half again. And, and I think a better side um, would, have, would have probably taken advantage and, and got a couple of goals. But, yeah, I mean, the key thing was winning the game. I think, uh, the obviously, fans wanted to see a reaction on the back of the the two defeats, um, especially the South End one. And we, we all heard how bad that was uh, from from Toby last week and, um, yeah, I think the, the, given there were question marks over sort of commitment and things like that, that's, that's kind of the least we needed really. We, we needed a, a win any kind of way and, and ultimately that's what we got. I think the second half was, was a lot better, but against a better side, and we've got obviously a couple of better sides coming up in Wrexham in and, and you know, a few others. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how we fare because I, I don't think we're going to get away with it against teams like that, to be honest.
1: No, Toby. Actually, I'd just be interested to see what you said because obviously you were at South End and and you, we were talking, weren't we, on the last one about commitment. And I think you know, from from my point of view, from the games I've seen, that second half, I'd, I'd agree with Matt there. There was a bit of an improvement. What was it, what was the like comparing the team from what you saw South End to what you saw at Gateshead? Um,
2: worlds apart, to be honest with you. Um, obviously, the first half against Gateshead was was very very poor and abject once again. But the second half was was by far and away worlds apart from the South End game. The players seemed up for it. There was a sort of renewed, I guess, energy about the place. Uh, the fans really played their part as well. I thought the atmosphere was very good, second half. Um, they, they just seemed like a different team, really. You know, against Southend, it was really flat. It was really lethargic. But against Gates, the second half, it was just, you know, they, we were in their faces, I thought. Um, Nuttall was was putting himself about very well, I thought, as well. Apter was definitely up for it as well. Um, I'm not too sure why that was the case, but, no, completely different sort of performances and a massive win because obviously after the uh the south End game we were all saying that you know, that was a must-win game and if we didn't if, if we didn't win that game we could be in a serious bother but you know we, we had to win that one and we did again the first half was poor second half was just like a different team completely um and yeah it was good to see wilson come on as well i thought actually you know he won the penalty as well he's not been playing much recently but it was nice to see him sort of make a difference in the game as well you know the second half we just came out organs blazing you know um I don't know what Dawes said at half-time. I don't know if there was something that he said particularly that was uh, helpful. But you know, we were just obviously we scored early, sorry, late in late in the first half. I and mean, in the second half, we just you know scored again. I think it was at the second minute of the second half as well. So it must have been a very very good team talk there from Dawes. But no, I think we sort of controlled the game as well. Uh, Gates said they, they weren't a bad side, I don't think. But their their strikers are very very wasteful. Um, they had a lot of the possession, but they didn't do anything, anything with it. So we weren't particularly I wasn't I wasn't really concerned that they'd score another goal. Because um, also their first one was basically a mistake from Ogle that led to their guy going through on goal. Um, but no, it was nice. It was nice to finally you know, get a home win. Um, and I think after that game, the atmosphere was different because the fans seemed a lot more upbeat. There was a renewed sort of belief that you know there could be a sale, there could be you know better times ahead. And obviously since then it's not quite materialized. But I think leaving the game off the gate you said a lot of us just felt you know a lot more enthused happier about things thinking that there is you know some sort of end of the tunnel um scenario going on here but you know unfortunately the, the other two games weren't particularly as uh, as entertaining or as uh, as happy as that one
1: no, well, obviously, Barnett, as we said before, it got pulled forward, didn't it? So, you know, you, you're playing the Friday night, so it's only a couple of days afterwards. It's the one-all draw. Obviously, I know the goals are late on. I think the significant thing from this game is uh, the Nuttall situation, which I think we can talk about uh, shortly. But, you know, a draw at Barnet away, you know, I guess before the game, you'd have probably taken that.
2: I think that getting a point against them is a good result on paper. You know, it's annoying that we scored and afterwards, but... Yeah, you know, before the game, but would have all taken a point at Barnett because they are sort of one of the teams that on their day they can absolutely steamroll at anyone in this league. Um so to go there to get a point um isn't a bad result overall.
1: No, and I think maybe let's just have a quick look at Aptor again. We've you know, we've mentioned him countless times on the last couple of episodes, but you know, another another nice goal that he takes there.
2: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, without him, we'd be would be hmm. screwed yeah. basically. <laughs> you know, that without without sounding too defeatist, uh, but you know, he's a fantastic player. It was a good finish right in the corner as well. So yeah, he's been the difference maker for us recently. And you know, if he does go in January, it's going to be a massive void to fill there. You know, he he's been our talisman since he came. And yeah, if he does leave, it
1: will leave us uh, yeah, with a bit of work to do, shall we say? Just rewinding back slightly, because obviously those goals were in the sort of last 10 minutes, weren't they? Um, let's just talk maybe about the first half. So you mentioned again, you know, after said there's this renewed, you know, attitude, things like that. Did that translate, you know, in the first half? How, how did it go?
2: Well, the first half wasn't very eventful, to be honest with you. Um, not an awful lot happened. I think Barnett were perhaps the better team slightly, but, you know, we weren't being outplayed. There was no sort of disparity between the two teams. You know, one team wasn't massively better than the other one. Um it was sort of a, a first half of relatively few chances, you know. Um, again, Apta was, was bright, as you'd expect from him. Um, but, you know, there wasn't an awful lot. You know, at half-time wasn't made particularly a uh, sort of, uh, prominent talking point, shall we say. So, But, you know, it, it wasn't like the South End game. You know, we, we didn't go there. You know, we didn't consider early on. We didn't just, you know, sit back all the time. We, we were actively trying to attack at times. So it wasn't all doom and gloom.
1: Mm. And I think let's, let's talk about Nuttall in a second. And uh, we, you know, Toby, we, we bring you on here because, you know, you go to these games and you've got all this insight, um, but you're not much use for this one, are you? Would you like to tell people why you were, well you no good and you can't comment on Nuttall's situation?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So essentially at half time, um, I just put a sticker on a wall <laughs> and um, I removed it straight away. But then some overzealous stewards come into my face and say, you're being kicked out and i'm saying well you know what what for you know it's quite an innocuous thing to do or i moved it straight away and with that the stewards sort of getting into my face three of them just grabbed me and essentially threw me out so uh, i had to go back <laughs> to the pub and uh, just watch sort of the bbc news and the, going through twitter for the next 45 minutes so uh, i wasn't much use for that barnet game unfortunately
1: so. <laughs> and, you, and you set off at something ridiculous like 4am as well didn't you? because the yeah, trains so all, running is there
2: yeah all the trains from scunthorpe um, were sort of cancelled between 8am and around 3pm so i got the train at 7:55 at barnaby I was in london by about 10 uh, and to get chucked out at half time for a <laughs> sticker i mean it, it was horrible it was a really bad experience so hopefully there's no more barnet trips next season i, I
1: just i don't want to go there again it was awful it was absolutely awful um <laughs> uh, matt let's go to you then so we've got this situation it's at the end of the game isn't it um you, as as it appears on the video you've got maybe i don't know 15 20 fans down the front after the game sort of given abuse again towards Nuttall and he sort of reacts back a little bit and then sort of seemingly a bit of, I don't know, something going on there. What What do you make of it?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? Because I think he is at times being targeted um, probably unfairly by, by a select group of fans. Um, I think it doesn't help what happened at the back end of last season. I think that was obviously out of order and the way he reacted that day. Um, obviously, very frustrating time for him, wasn't it, back end of last season because I think he came in, didn't really do a great deal. Um he was he was poor in most games, wasn't he? he didn't really um look fit and um he had yeah, a, a really poor end to the season. Um so I could it's difficult because you know I don't think any of us would would like someone you know slagging them off slagging us off when when we're trying to work and and I know it's slightly different being a footballer people people expect them to take it and people expect them to take it on social media and and yeah I can understand that but I, I do think obviously back in the last season the way he reacted you know that it can happen as a one-off I suppose but to happen again it is disappointing and um, even if there are fans that are, that are kind of bombarded him with, with abuse. Um, I do think, you know, looking at it, whether whether you think he's a, a great player or not, um, he has been scoring goals. Um, obviously, top scorer by, by some distance um, amongst the top scorers in the league. I know a lot of those have been penalties, but at the end of the day, you know, he's he still... We're not in a the position them. to
1: be forsy, are we? <laughs> no,
0: exactly. And, um, you know, I think um, he's probably... <laughs> Thinking of top scorers in in sort of last few seasons, um, he certainly scored more than than maybe even the top couple of scorers, hasn't he? Um, thinking back to last season, especially, um, so he's scoring goals, um, and you know, I think fans do need to lay off him a little bit. Um, I think there's there's maybe. I see it quite often, you know, I hear it at games, people saying he's a bit lazy, you know, he's not putting a shift in, things like that. Obviously, can't comment on the the Barnett game um, as, as obviously I wasn't there. However, you know, at, at home games, I, I think recently, I think he's, he's put a shift in. I think he's, he's tried quite hard. You know, I think he's, his biggest problem for me at times is he doesn't use his, he's a big lad, isn't he? He, he doesn't use that to his advantage at times. I think he can be, um, not pushed off the ball too easily because I think when he does receive the ball, he, he generally keeps hold of it quite well. But I think um, you know winning headers and things like that at times. I think he could use his weight a little bit more, and I think that's maybe um, sometimes there's a bit of a sort of misconception that he, he's not trying, he's, he's not putting the effort in. I, I just think maybe he can he can throw his weight around a little bit more and 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 kind of get stuck in because I think when he does that, um, he looks he looks a decent player at this level. Um, and I think, you know, we've got to be careful because obviously um, the club were happy to sell him. Well, maybe not happy, but obviously needed the money and, and obviously accepted the, the bid from Oldham. He's turned that down. And, you know, we don't know if he he's turned it down because he desperately wants to stay at, at Scunthorpe or whether, you know, he, he may be waiting for a, a better offer further down the line. However, he turned it down at, at that time. And I think... You know, he, i think he deserves uh, credit for that because it would have been easy for him to to go um nearer to home um, probably more money a lot more money than he was on um so you know fair play he's, he's turned that down and he's kind of um, said he wants to stay and, and score some goals, which which is great. Um, I think he obviously worked hard in the summer to get fit. I think there's a, there's a massive difference if you compare his performances last season to this season. I think there's there's a massive improvement. To be honest, I'm not sure what what people are expecting from him, really, because, you know, at the end of the day, we're in the National League. Um, I think he scored, is it 10 now? Something like that. Double figures nearly. If, if he isn't there already, he's, he's around that mark. Um, and... Yeah, I just don't know what people are really expecting um, from him. Uh, he's going to have kind of off days. He's, he's going to have um, good games. Um, but at the end of the day, if you take his goals out, we've not scored that many, have we? I know the, there's quite a lot of penalties. I know people will argue that, that there are penalties in that tally. Um, but I do think maybe fans should should just lay off him a little bit because um, you know he, he did choose to stay he has been scoring goals, and and overall, I think he's probably one of our better players. Um, whether you like him or not, whether you think he's he's a good player or not, um, you know, he, he is a key part of this side at the moment. And I think if you take him out, and we had have sold him to Oldham, uh, there'd have been uproar as well from from probably the same people that's lagging him off every week saying, you know, why have we solved the top scorer and things like that. So, um, you know, maybe a little bit fickle at times and, and I'm sure if he scores in the next couple of games, you know, then fans may be off, off his back a little bit. Uh, but it was good to hear that he'd, he'd been down um, to the pool, but the bar at the, at the ground uh, after the game with a couple of players. I think Tony Dawes went as well and, and they all kind of settled that afterwards and, um, you know, shook hands and, and moved on from it because I think... the problem we've got we've got a lot of problems at the club at the moment and i think no one wants to see players and fans you know in in each other's faces and arguing and things like that it's just hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host just real toxic um environment if it, if it gets like that and, and we could do without that to be honest and it doesn't really help anyone it's not going to help nuttle um so yeah hopefully that's kind of put to bed now and, and that's the end of it um but again yeah he's maybe said some things in, in the heat of the moment obviously the fans have been giving him a bit of stick all night um yeah you know that the fans probably have to take a little bit back but i do think he maybe just has to have a little think and, and maybe just try and not react as as much as he does because that's the second time now and, and ultimately some of these fans are going to be um sort of have a, have a black mark against his name aren't they and, and they're going to be targeted him for more especially after a bad result and um, you know, that, that's just that's just how people are and um, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see but um, but hopefully he can score in the next couple of games and, and I'm sure it'll all be forgotten about but um, yeah, it's, it's, we've got to make sure it's it's not
1: happening regularly
0: because um, it's just not, not something you want to see.
1: Right, should we turn to last night then? So obviously East League, this is the one that we, you know, we lose 2-0 defeat. Um, it was never really going to be an easy one, this one, was it? I think they were and, and obviously still are unbeaten at home this season, aren't they? Yeah, I think they've played seven at home, one six drawn one. So their home form is incredible, really. Yeah. So what did you make of it then, Toby? I mean, you managed to get through 90 minutes of this game, so you can uh, you can give us a perspective of the whole match. Yeah, and I wish that I didn't really,
2: um <laughs> <laughs> overall. Um, no, I mean I mean it was always gonna be a very tough game as you as you said there, uh, Brad. But the thing is that I don't think a few players really did not try the hardest. Like, oh man, I don't want to like Sort of have a go at one player in particular, but O'Malley was incredibly poor. I thought last night. Um, I'm not particularly too sure, because like, usually he's he's a good player against Gateshead. Was of the match, wasn't he? So, but O'Malley was poor. Uh, the midfield, um, I don't think Beeston had a great game, nor did Butterfield. Um, I will say Nuttall though, he definitely tried. But again, the service to Nuttall is just it's it's lackluster. I mean, he can win the headers, but if there's no one to lay out the ball off to, if there's no balls into the box for him, you know, what 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 more can you do really? So I think. The first half, we were fortunate that it was nil 0 at halftime um, because these were the better team by far. They created a few chances. Again, they weren't perhaps clinical in the first half, um, but we were. We were by far and away the sort of the the worst team in the game. Um, both of their goals were essentially a repeat of the of, of each other because it was from so we give the ball away um, in our half, then they go and counter, and also the same player scored both goals. So the same player was a substitute who came on. In the around the 70th minute scored two goals got one of the match so i mean what a sub that was from their manager um but i think overall in the game you know um we just we just got bypassed too easily in the midfield again it was similar to south end in that our midfielders let their players sort of run through uh, i think in the first half so i've looked on the highlights in the first half there was one incident where on the sort of right hand side their their fullback goes sort of through about three plays and no one puts a foot in to stop him so that's a big concern for me because if we're letting players run past us, you know, especially against the bigger teams like you say, and you know, it's counties. If we're doing that, we're letting players run through us and we're going to kind of see, you know, four or five goals in these games. So I think it was fortunate it was just two against Eastleigh. Um, Although Boyce had two great chances though because we had two corners in space of about five minutes and Boyce again, two, three headers put them both over the bar. You no, know, we we're all staying the away and that, you know, he's going to score. He's going to score one of these surely, but both of them just over the bar. And it was very, very frustrating. But I think on reflection, a two-all scoreline, you know, no one can complain about that. We, we were second best. Um, you know, we were, again, slow. it's, it's thing is, it's the same issue as week in, can. week out, away from home, it seems. It's just, you know, we're just so slow. We're just so lethargic. You know, we let players run through us. You know, again, it's a hot knife through butter sort of scenario that their players can just run straight past, you know. We don't put a tackle in, they go through. And you know they get a great sort of uh, scoring opportunity. So you know it, it's annoying because obviously I went the whole way down there as well. There was 140 away fans as well, which is a great effort on a Tuesday night to uh, to Hampshire. So the fans must be in for that. But again, to go all that way to witness that it, it is very sort of uh, demoralising. But I think yeah, before the game, a lot of us did think it would be a very very tough game, and that you know if if we can nick a draw, we'd take it. But you know, the, these are the games that we don't expect to win, obviously. So I'm not, I'm not too concerned, really, because you know we all thought it'd be a tough game. That home form again is imperious, um, but yeah, I think a two, a two-nil scoreline is definitely the fair result.
0: I think you make a good point on the midfield, um, and it was something actually you Nigel know, Adkins picked up on commentary last night. Uh, you know, he, he said Beasting um, when he's seen him in the past, quite athletic, things like that. But he's missing that sort of enforcer if you like in, in the middle of the park um, and he was a little bit critical I think of, of Butterfield I mean he, he wasn't overly critical but he did say that um, you know at times he was again as, as you say just being bypassed um, and I think we've seen that in quite a few of the games recently yeah. um, where there's just no one in in that midfield and it is putting a lot of pressure on the defence I know the defence isn't great uh, but at times you're looking at it and they've just got the run of the midfield and um and I think it has been, it's becoming a problem. I think it has been a problem all season. Um, obviously, Whitehouse, don't know where he is. I don't know if he's injured or not. I didn't hear anything in the in the build-up um, to suggest he was, but he's obviously been missing. And even when he's been in there, um, I know he, he doesn't, you know, shy away from a tackle. But even then, when he when he's been in there, he's not really for me fulfilled that role uh, and I still think we're still getting overrun in midfield regardless of, of who's in there and I think he's, he's tried various things I think he's obviously, and he'll did as well obviously um, two in there three in there and, and for whatever reason it's just not working that. I just don't think the personnel is quite right I mean I do like Beastin um, and I do think Budsfield's got some quality I think um, you know on the ball I think he's he's, he's good um, I do think off it you know when he's having to track back when he's having to um, you know, follow players who, who may be a little bit more athletic and, and you know, we're not coming to the end of the career. I think he does struggle a little bit. And, um, yeah, I think that was, again, evident um, just from the commentary last night. It was, it was something, as I say, Adkins picked up on um, and I thought he was spot on with that. I think it's just something we've, we've kind of been worrying about in the last few weeks. Um, we know the defence isn't brilliant, but at times I do think they, they could do with a little bit more help. Um but I don't know if that's going to be resolved. You know, it doesn't sound like we've we've got any money available uh, to bring players in or anything like that. I think we we've kind of um, stuck with what we've got at the moment. Um, and even in January, I think it's it's going to be very difficult to do any business really as well, unless it's loans. Um, so it will be interesting to see you know how we kind of go about that. But I think that's been a big problem for the past couple of seasons. I don't think it's um, you know just this season. I think. You, you think back to when we actually had um, a couple of players in there that that kind of really did take the game by the scruff of the neck, get a foot in. I think you, you're going back to sort of, um, you know, Dawson, Bish, uh, Ojo to an extent. I think he, he was quite um, decent at times. Uh, and since then, we've not really had anyone that, that can do that. I think obviously we had, uh, oh, what, was his, what was his name? Uh, Arajan. Yeah, I mean, he, he did to an extent, you know, he put himself about and, and he was quite good. And um, oh, the, the guy that went to, I think he went to Markham yeah, in the oh, midfielder. Songo. Songo, yeah. I mean, he was. He didn't play that much, did he? But when he did play, he was a bit more of maybe what we need. Um, I'm, I'm not saying he was brilliant, but he did break up play and, and do the simple things. And I think we, we are missing that a little bit um, at times and, and it is just coming straight back. Um, so it's something they do need to look at. But, but yeah, it's, it's going to be difficult given, given the situation as it is at the moment. Um, and I, it's, it's frustrating because obviously at the start of the season as well, we were told, oh, we're National League, there's no transfer windows, we can sign players all the way through. <laughs> it's not going to be a problem if we need someone, we, we can go out and get them. Um, But obviously the the off-field situation has has made that very tricky and and that's obviously not the case. I know we we did bring in uh, Lavery, didn't we, and uh, Pugh. Um, However, you look at the bench last night, uh, you know, Dawes must be turning around thinking, you know, I've got very little, um, well, next to no options really from the bench that that are going to come on and and change a game, especially, you know, someone in midfield that, that could shore it up a little bit. I don't think we've got that. I don't think we've got anyone... Um, I know Wilson came on, at Gateshead did okay, um, but you're you know you putting the faith in, in young lads to, to kind of uh, do it against some experienced players at, at this level. Um, and I'm not sure that's the right answer either, but unfortunately that, that's all we've got at the minute. So um, yeah, the, the squad is looking really light and um, I do think midfield is a massive area we, we do need to look at, but, but yeah, it's, it's going to be tough to, to actually do that
2: regarding the whole thing about squad depth, that's a very good point because obviously, you know, we made one sub last night and that wasn't enforced because we got an injury. So, I mean, you know, we were, we were getting beat, you know, one nil until, until about the, was it the 91st minute when they scored their second goal? You know, we didn't bring a single player on. I mean, I know the options aren't great. You know, we have Wilson um, and we have Polter, but to not bring anyone on a one nil down, you know, we might as well just go for it because we're not expecting to win this game. You know, we, I thought we we, needed a bit more sort of intent, a bit more desire by making a sub, you know, trying to freshen things up a little bit because the team itself, you know, second half especially, you know, players look really tired, look, you know, sort of a bit of lack of energy really about the play. So I thought, you know, why not bring on someone like um, Wilson or Poulter, you know, just give them a chance, see what they can do basically. But there was nothing. And I know the options on the bench aren't great, but I like to see doors just think, you know what, nothing to lose, one nil down, just bring someone on to see what they can do. And, you know, if it, if it works, you know, it'd be a genius. But, you know, it was quite frustrating because, you know, we, we only away, we all knew that we had to bring another sort of attacker on because it was a bit sort of, you know, a door front, second half especially. And, you know, that didn't happen. And it was frustrating. But also, like, you know, in terms of attacking options, you know, Carver, you know, I don't know how long his loan lasts for, but I think he'd be better than having just um, Wilson on the bench. You know, someone like Carver, he's experienced. Okay, he's not been great for us, but I think he scored one or two at Southport on loan so far as well. So why not bring him back as an option, potentially? I don't know. It just seems like Dawes doesn't like making subs. I've noticed in a lot of the games recently that he's not a fan of making subs until the very sort of last minute, you know, against Barnet they were late on it and you brought up Wilson and uh, Poulter in that 90 minute as well so I'm not too sure why that is maybe he doesn't trust the subs perhaps I'm, I'm not too sure but i just like to see players brought on earlier especially if it's 1-0 or if it's one or something you know give them a chance See what they can do nothing to lose and we don't do that so it, it is it is very frustrating once again
0: Yeah I mean I think with Carver um, we've not seen him that much obviously and, and I think he was injured when we signed him um, and again I think Turnbull did admit he was injured when he came in. Um, Obviously, question marks as to to why he came in when when he's injured. Um, And he's never really got got to fitness, obviously loaned out to get a bit of fitness at at Southport. Um, So, you know, hopefully that'll do him some good. But I did see a player that he he was gonna chase balls down. He was gonna, you know, throw himself about um, and put a bit of a shift in. I think at the moment you're looking at the bench um, he for me would be a better option on the bench than than some of the young lads um, purely because of his experience and and because it, you know he's a bit more physical presence and, and he's someone that you could you could chuck on and you know pump balls forward and, and try and win the second balls in around the, the box. I think I think that would be a good option for us. Um, obviously we weren't able. I don't think we were able to bring him back. Did we extend his loan? I think and we we've only had we had there was like a 28 day. Uh, recall or something like that on him so um, it must be getting close to the time we can bring him back um, and i'd like to see him given a chance really um, you know even if it's just off the bench it just strengthens that that um you know the options for Dawes, because as you say at the moment he's got very little very little choice um, and there's a couple of others actually i know um you know daniel daniel seems to have gone missing doesn't he um I don't know if that's an injury or, or whatever, but um, we've not seen much of him. I know he's not been great as he went when he has actually played, um, but yeah, he, he's obviously missing the lad from Barnsley. You know, he was injured. I don't know how long he's going to be. Um, so we are missing a few players and that's the problem, isn't it? When you're operating with a a fairly small squad, if, if the injuries mount, um, you know, you, you are struggling. And Feeney as well, you know, we completely forgot about him. Um not sure how far he is. I think Dawes did say he was a couple of weeks away, and that must have been last week or the week before when I heard that. So maybe he's coming back to fitness, um, soon. So you know they they would be better options from from the bench, um, certainly in the attacking sense uh, that that may be able to change a game um, again. Not fantastic options by any stretch, but um, but yeah, just something a little bit different and, and not just relying on, on, on the kids. But I do agree with, with um, what you said there, Toby, about Dawes making subs. I think there's a couple of times when he's been pulled up on it in interviews after the game and, and that, a couple of times I've agreed with him when he said, you know, we've been playing quite well, so I didn't want to change it. Um, but I think there are times when if he had better options, he probably would have made subs earlier than he has, or, or actually when he hasn't made subs, he would have maybe changed it earlier on. Um, and I do feel for him in, in that sense, because it's very difficult. And if, if your plan B, if your plan A is not working and, and you don't quite think plan B is up to it, then, um, you know, you're, you're in a tricky spot. And then I think overall, if you look at his record, he's doing okay. I think he's probably doing um, as best as, or better than we, we would have expected. And, um, I think we were obviously a few points short in, in that draw, a uh, run of draws where we could have uh, turned a couple of those into wins. Um, but I don't think anyone expected him to come in and, and sort of turn it round overnight and get this team winning because I think ultimately um, we're not quite good enough. Um, and I think we, we're probably good enough to stay up as it stands at this moment in time. But I think if you take Aptor out, you take Nuttall out. Um, then you know the, the goals have gone the creativity has gone and and i think then for me we would be certain for for relegation unless we we replace them and the problem is at the moment obviously the the money obviously we didn't need the money uh for nuttle um that didn't happen so obviously um you know that there is a need for that cash from you know for the club to continue um but again, if he goes, that money's not going to go on the replacement, is it? It's going to go on on, on the upkeep of the club. And hopefully, you know, if, if someone does <clears throat> come in and, and manage to take over in the near future, we might stand a better chance of keeping some of those players. Um, but unfortunately, um, you know, at this moment in time, we, we've just got to run with what we've got, and, and um, hopefully, not not lose any more to injuries and things like that. Cause I think if we do. Um, we, we're really going to struggle, um, and you know it's, it's going to be interesting how we cope with uh, Rexham next week. Because I think they will take advantage. You know, we've spoken about the midfield and, and the sloppy defending and things like that. They will take advantage with the with the quality of player they have. Um, you know, that that could be a really difficult night. You know, it, it might be that we, we turn up and get a result, and that would be typical, wouldn't it? But um, but yeah, I think um, it, it could be a tough one next week, and. Um, yeah, we, we might be talking about a, a big defeat if we don't get it right um, and and don't show up that middle of the park and, and defensively making too many mistakes and things like that. Um, so, yeah, we'll see.
1: Obviously, that's just over a week away. We've got uh, its it's cup rounds this weekend, isn't it? Which, of course, we're not in. So, I guess for the first time in a while, it does give them a little bit of recovery time, really, doesn't it? I mean, we've had you know quite a bit of backlog of fixtures, um, obviously, Eastley was a rearranged one, wasn't it? Do you think it will sort of do him a little bit of good to have, you know, a couple of days into training, not as intense fixture period, let him sort of prepare right for this game?
2: Yeah, I don't see why not, personally. I mean, um, obviously it has been very, very intense recently. Um, I think, you know, maybe get a few players back if possible as well, obviously with the whole injury backlog recently, maybe see if House is able to return again, um, Daniel possibly as well. Um, I think it can't do it much harm, really, um, you know, I've had a lot of away games recently, so it's nice to have two home games in a row as well. So I think the biggest game for me is the one against Maidstone in a week on Saturday because obviously Maidstone's form recently has been terrible. You know, they're they're joint bottom. Um, They've not won since August either. So home against them, you know, you would think that it's another sort of six-pointer, if you will. Um, So the Wrexham game, it's a free hit, really. No one expects us to get anything from that one. If we get beat, no one's going to be particularly surprised or concerned, I wouldn't think, unless it's a massive scoreline. But the big one for me, yeah, Maystone. If if we don't win that one, questions I think will be asked really, because they're they're away form as well. I don't think they've won away, I could be wrong, but yeah, they so they've not won home or away since August either. Um and they're basically in 3-4 right now. So yeah, I think Doors, you know, it's a it's a sort of welcome break for him, you know, can hopefully improve the midfield because that again, the midfield has been, you know, poor recently. Um so hopefully you can sort of like go over a few things with the players and then you know, get a more fight up for Wrexham, because again the Wrexham game again no one expects to get anything from it but you know if if we come out we attempt to actually play you know we sort of save face if you will keep the score down you know we'd, we'd all take that so yeah but against Maidstone you know we've we've got to we've got to win that one if you ask me right
1: now. Right. And I think let's let's probably end there for this one. Um Toby, thank you for coming on. No, thank you for having me again. Cheers. No, not at all. Uh, thank you very much for listening to this. Um, as I mentioned on the last podcast, we've hopefully got an In Conversation with Martin Wolford coming up very soon. Uh, we did have to rearrange the recording of that one due to some uh, unavoidable commitments. Uh, but hopefully we're getting that done pretty soon and it'll come out. Um, so we've definitely got that one to come. We've also got hopefully, well, definitely one more and hopefully two more to come as well. So in the next couple of weeks, we'll get a couple of In Conversations out. But as I say, thank you for listening to this and we'll see you on the next one.